Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Conscious Man Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Lenahan, and in this episode, I'm going to be doing things a little different. Today I have a very special guest coming on, and his name is Yestin. Yestin is a Welsh musician, singer, and songwriter who has gone through a great deal of adversity and is currently on a spiritual healing journey. He's also the host of the Healing Me podcast. In this conversation, we cover many things, like healing through trauma and adversity, overcoming difficult challenges, and why it's important to challenge yourself and do hard things. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Yestin. Yestin, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's awesome to be here. I'm very, very grateful. And so I want to take this opportunity, Aaron, to say thank you very much. I'm grateful for you. And that was a lovely introduction, actually. Um, pretty concise and pretty on point, which is not, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be like this on this podcast. <laughs> But yeah, you're absolutely right. My name is Yestin and I've suffered um, lots of adversity, lots of hardship, uh, trauma, all those horrible words, I suppose you could say. But now I'm on a healing journey or I'm just healing in general, to be honest. Um, rather, I'm on a journey of self-love, man, journey of self-love. Mm. And I want to I want to preach this. Preach is probably the wrong word. I want to tell people that it's possible to feel good again life can be good again and you can love yourselves again wow because yeah i love that I used to hate, yeah yeah absolutely like i used to hate myself and now and now i mm -hmm. like even now i feel a little bit oh can i actually say it? yeah i do love myself man and i believe in its importance because i think the more we love ourselves the more we can help other people and love other people yeah. as well so yeah, yeah i feel very passionate sure. about it man awesome yeah so maybe just give us a quick dive into some of the adversity that you have faced i know we spoke about it and i know we have some similar experiences but just uh yeah just give the listeners just a taste of and I, a taste it sounds awful but you know no just I a run a rundown of you know of yeah what you've been through yeah taste rundown whatever word you want to say i'm absolutely, I'm absolutely <laughs> fine with that i'm absolutely fine with that um no issue no issue at all i know that um yeah we sort of similar similar diversity right and to, to do with grief i know that you've lost your lost your father and my heart goes out to you and i suppose put simply yeah i lost i lost both my parents at 21 my dad when i was 19 he died of a cardiac arrest sudden obviously a sudden cardiac arrest i had no idea and then my mother passed away two years later when i was 21 of breast cancer they were both in their early 50s so um you know, out of order deaths, to be honest. That's a phrase uh, from Megan Devine, a wonderful, uh, wonderful person who helps people with grief. Um, this isn't very succinct, is it? Sorry. But yeah, so essentially, I lost both my parents at 21. But in that, I also lost my home as well. But then the years after, and I suppose this is where my journey of self-love comes from, is I hated myself, Aaron, for so, so many years. I hated myself so much. I treated myself very poorly. I treated myself like a bad person. And now I treat myself like a great friend. Um, so not only does the adversity come from losing my parents who are my best friends, but 
I don't want to even say self-inflicted. It's just I had a very poor relationship with myself. And I'm not blaming my parents for that at all. Of course not. Mm-hmm. But I developed very negative thought patterns, very unhelpful thought patterns. And so I've been unlearning. I know that it's a phrase yeah. that you used with me recently, and I love that. It's really helpful. So over yeah. the last few years, I've been rewiring my brain and treating myself very differently. So a lot of the adversity and hardship comes from that poor relationship with myself, let, you know, let alone the horrendous grief I've experienced. So mm-hmm. grief and change in circumstances as well, not just obviously losing both my parents at such a young age, but losing my home, questioning life. But yeah, yeah. I suppose the biggest, the biggest change has been that relationship with myself and uh consciously changing it as well and and having awareness of that yeah like how you mentioned the unlearning you know we're always trying to learn more you know improve be better but i think even more so important than learning new stuff is unlearning you know dropping some of the baggage some of the old stuff Mm -hmm. i just wanted to i wanted to ask you was there like a pivotal point like a main thing that stands out for you where you began to have that awareness of like oh shit like I'm treating myself awfully like does anything stand out for you there I love this question man it's it's difficult to pinpoint isn't it I suppose but Mm -hmm. a helpful thing is to look back at the sort of breadcrumb trail and think where did that all start I mean I really remember low moments but I think a key pivotal changing point for me was when I realized that the pain I was feeling or the depression or the anxiety wasn't my fault. So it was about mm-hmm. a year after my mum died. I was in a really low ebb. I was a lot heavier than I am now, both like physically, mentally as well, put on lots of weight. And it's not really about that. It's about the way I was feeling, I was extremely depressed, lots of suicidal ideation. And then I came across a book by Yun Harry called Lost Connections. And it's all about the reasons why we're depressed and basically how to find hope. And he had, I think it's, he has something like nine different reasons about why we're depressed. And guess what, man? The common denominator was that like they <laughs> they weren't to do with us. So I realized it wasn't my fault. I hit every single, I hit every single one, for example. So that shift of like, oh my gosh, this, this depression, this anxiety isn't all my fault. So from that little gem, from that seed, the trickling effect of my healing journey over the past three, four years started. And it's taken a lot of time, a lot of patience with myself a lot of unlearning, like you said, because these changes, they, they do take time. But a, a key standout moment for me was realizing that it wasn't my fault. And actually, it was a physical, it was a physical sensation. It was about six months after my mum died. I was dealing with a lot of stress through eating um, my feelings, that classic phrase, like stress eating. I had so much anxiety, I had lots of chest pain, thought that was physical, going to the doctors, what's wrong with me? And it's amazing this moment, this doctor, um, he just said to me, he's like, what's been going on? What's been going on, man? I was like, well, I'm studying for my master's and um, I'm just finding life a bit stressful at the moment. And oh yeah, by the way, like, 
uh, my mum died like six months ago. Oh, and like two years before that, my dad died as well. And so I'm laughing now because it seems laughable when I say it out loud. And the doctor was like, oh, that must be really difficult for you. I was like, yeah, it's really difficult. Oh, like maybe, maybe this is what the actual problem is. Not like the rubbish food that I've been eating. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, it's just, even now saying it, it just feels like just saying those, those words just is the massive weight off and I was like okay that's what's going on and of course the classic thing man is that that was the start of my healing journey I actually uh, but you know it got worse for it got better but I watched this um health documentary on Netflix called the magic pill I think it's to do with um uh eating uh fat for health basically um but I just remember it I had to jog my memory um about that documentary uh recently when uh I was preparing for this podcast, actually, and I just remember it being about health, right? And thinking that we can change, that we can change something. And it's not in a uh, pill uh, and it's not in just this tick box that can be fixed. But I remember during that summer of 2018 when I was so physically ill with anxiety and then I watched this documentary and then there was a song right at the very end. And it was Seven Feathers by a band called Narco and Medicine for the People, right? And it's the first time I've ever, ever heard of this band. And it's the first time I ever heard this song. And it really connected with me because it is music as medicine, right? It's about healing. Their music is a lot to do with healing. And then it sort of opened this gateway into music as medicine. And then my healing journey began from there actually about five years ago so it wasn't actually to do with or rather exactly when my dad died it wasn't exactly when my mum died it was a, a short while after that where I was treating myself so poorly and of course like I said I well things got a lot worse for they got better a year later 2019 I just I, I kept on doing it. as soon as I kept on doing these awful things in terms of you know not eating the right not eating the right foods treating myself poorly my internal uh, dialogue was horrendous I didn't know at that stage how important that was didn't even realize I was doing it um so of course in that summer of 2018 I got better I de-stressed but then you know because I was so hardwired into thinking it was all my fault in 2018 things got into a really really bad bad state and that's when I read the Johan Harry book about depression not being my fault. And it sounds so simple, doesn't it, Aaron? But that that switch was huge for me because it just takes the weight off. And then I started to research. Then I'm like, oh, okay, there are things mm-hmm. to improve yeah. ourselves yeah. and our lives. Johan Harry thinks or says that depression is a signal that something is wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. And I was like, wow, man, I really feel seen. There's nothing wrong with me, but it's a signal that something's wrong. So we often think of depression as, oh, okay, you know, you need to take this pill just to mask it. Absolutely not. It's your mind and body telling you that something is wrong. So I went about changing what was wrong, but it wasn't me. It was my circumstances in life. Yeah, that's a bit of a rambling, sorry, Aaron, but essentially there's two key moments there. That summer of 2018 where I realized that I was so ill mentally that physically manifested itself. And then the other realization that depression and anxiety just wasn't my fault. So those are the two key elements that sparked this journey.
Wow. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. That's deep, deep, deep. A lot of pain, you know. Oh, absolutely. Like inward, inward pain. Um, I, 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 I feel like I was a bully towards myself and I caused myself so much pain for so many years. Yeah, mm -hmm. so much pain. Yeah, yeah, I can relate to that being, you know, your worst enemy, absolutely. which is which is sad, right? You know, we're all we really have, you know, like we're the only people that can change us, right? Other people can't change us, you know, a book can't change us. It's when it comes down to it, it's us, right? Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, it's sad, you know, when we just don't really help ourselves, you know, we don't see the light. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why, that's one of the reasons why I love your podcast, man, because it's about, you know, you have to be aware to make those changes right and it's not like as if i read you know Johan harry's book and was like right i'm fixed i'm healed now oh yeah you know i had to be aware to make those changes and then it's taken yeah. years and i'm still doing i'm still unlearning i'm still being my more more authentic self i feel like mm -hmm. that's happening day by day right but yeah i just wanted to make a point to say like i you know i appreciate the concept of this podcast thinking you know it is all about awareness and we you know if you're if you're not aware changes just can't happen right yeah yeah you nailed it on the head yeah that's the whole the whole point of this right and that's why i wanted to ask you just you know was there a point when you became aware because like there might be somebody listening who might be in something similar but it's just like you know all it takes is one thing just to like snap the finger and be like wow like wow yeah like that makes sense you know, just like one thing, like that's all it takes to shift someone's perspective and just look at something from a different angle, you know? And sometimes that's all it takes. It's just a perspective shift. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is such a classic thing, but it's so true. There's a reason why it's classic is that would you treat a friend like you treat yourself? And if the answer is no, well, absolutely change that narrative. Like if I was to explain mm -hmm. my situation to somebody and then that person say to me, oh, well, you know, you both, you lost both your parents. You're not doing enough. Um, you know, you, you, you're not a very good person. You're, uh, you're just an all round bad guy. I think they'd be very disappointed in you. What are you doing with your life? If someone said that to me, I'd be like, well, that's horribly, horribly rude and nasty and uncalled for. Um, so I think, you know, obviously I can't, I can't speak to everyone's individual situations, but just check in with yourself and think, well, just explain what has happened to you and then assess the situation. And I think a lot of that, mm -hmm. that explanation of your circumstances comes from talking therapy. So that is a huge moment for me is where I really clicked with a wonderful counselor who I still see now. Um, or therapists so if you explain what's going on to another person externalize it and you hear it back I think it helps you realize the reality of the situation because if we're in our own heads all the time we can create certain now we can create certain narratives and make stuff up and think that oh no it's because i did this it's because i did that it's because i did this because i did that it's actually just not true but if you mm -hmm. externalize it tell someone else they repeat it back to you 
you have greater clarity and awareness. Yeah, I think a big part of, I can resonate with that a lot, by the way, a big part of that that I can relate to in my life is just similar is just realizing what is a thought, you know, what is that thought, you know, not recognizing all your thoughts as true necessarily or all your thoughts as, you know, being who you really are, you know, there's, I read a great book, The Untethered Soul, and it all mm. speaks about the fact that we, you know, we are not our, our thoughts, you know, we have so many thoughts in the run of a day. And to identify with certain thoughts, that's going to create your reality, right? Mm. And I know, uh, I know one thing I'd also like to share with the audience, um, that Yeston and I are in the same business coaching group together, actually. And that's actually how mm. we how we connected um, our mentor, Tom Spark. I was actually in a coaching call last week and Tom was like, man, like you, Yeston just started a podcast. You got a podcast. Like you guys got like the same energy, man. You guys just have to clash. You have to speak like you got to do it. And anyway, so I reached out to Yeston and this is where we, how we got here. But in the, in Tom's uh, course, he has a course on mindset and there's a section where he wanted to talk about your thoughts. He said, like, write down all of your negative thoughts in the run of a day and then write down all of your positive thoughts in the run of a day. Just like get them on paper, just get them, like look at them, you know, just just to see them out, like lay them out, you know? So I took a notebook and I was writing and I started with negative thoughts and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I literally filled out like three or four pages of negative thoughts that just are always going through my head. And then I'm like, okay, like this is kind of ugly, like seeing it like this. I'm like, okay, I need to write out positive thoughts now. So I wrote positive, underlined it. And then nothing came out. I was like, wait a minute, this isn't right. Like all these negative thoughts that just are running through my mind all the time. It's like that internal dialogue, you know, it's, it's creating all this resistance in my life, like all this trouble that's just unnecessary. And like, you know, you, you read it out on paper and it's like, it's not true. Yeah. Anyways, uh, it was a huge realization for me just of that. And like, yeah, if you could comment on that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And by the way, yeah, I was just sitting there listening to you, man, because, it's, you know, it's it's so illuminating. And yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting. Um, I think it's divine intervention, actually, or divine timing, rather, that you were meant to meet. And yeah, of course, and Tom has so much, Tom has so much wisdom. I love this. Uh, phrase that he uh, that he's uh, that he's told us on the course right that our thoughts create our reality and I firm I do firmly believe that but of course sometimes that might seem in juxtaposition to you know we are not our thoughts I totally get that to have awareness of what comes uh, of, of, of what comes in but if we're constantly having these negative thoughts all the time you're living in that way you're living in that state Whereas if you reframe thoughts to positive thoughts, which by the way, it does take work, but it is absolutely possible. Life is so much more beautiful and lighter. It's absolutely amazing what can happen, right? And surrounding yourself by positive, like-minded people who, you know, you align with, like I do with you, Aaron. So it, it makes so much sense. Another another uh, technique um, I like to mention really is that my my counselor taught me is actually the this reframing thought technique right when you actually write your thoughts down of okay why am I feeling negative about this you you go in a circle and it might not actually be the truth or reality but you can 
think differently by just changing the thoughts. So why is this particular situation happened or why do I feel about that? Put in a different outcome to what you already might be conditioned to have and it completely changes the narrative. And if you completely change the narrative, you feel better and you feel lighter. So that's a long way about saying, that's a long way to go about saying, I do firmly believe that our thoughts create our reality. Absolutely. Yeah, that that exercise, that thought exercise was so powerful. And mm. I mean, I'd recommend anyone doing it. And the like the few days after, I would just be in my day-to-day life and I'd then I'd recognize when those thoughts would come up. I'd be like, oh yeah, there's that negative thought, right? Like that, that's that thought. And I at that moment I could reframe it, you know, like just mm. change it to a positive, affirming thought. And that just instantly like it's like you get that dreadful thought and it's like ah and then it's like you know what like that's not true like i can mm-hmm. you know i have the power to choose how how to take this thought and how to mm-hmm. make it serve me yeah absolutely yeah. i love your articulation of that by the way because actually i think it gets miscon i suppose there's a perhaps there's a miscommunication or a misunderstanding when people think like or people might be resistant to you know, thoughts being your reality, people might disagree with that. Because I think there's a misconception that you just have to think positive thoughts all the time. Absolutely, it just happens. So that that uh, implies that you just have to get rid of negative thoughts, right? No, it takes it takes work. Like you said, that exercise helps with that because you get them out on the page and you realize, okay, those are the negative thoughts. And then like you were saying, Aaron, when, the, when they happen, you can catch them then, so to speak, and go, okay, I know what I'm going to do with this now. Then you reframe it. You put a positive thought in place. And I think the more you do that, the more that becomes habitual. And then that becomes your reality then. But what the point I'm making is, as hopefully this makes sense, is that it takes work. It becomes automatic by putting in the work. It doesn't mm-hmm. just happen immediately. You can't just get rid of negative thoughts straight away. But by put, by doing this practice or similar practices, it helps but it does take work yeah. but it's great when it works right well that's the thing yeah uh wayne what wayne dyer he has a book uh, change your thoughts change your life mm. and it's, it's you know it's so true absolutely wayne dyer is one of my heroes man absolutely you know you, you, to, to to live with intention to live with light inside you to to, to think of yourself as 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 love man like that that's something i that's something I do now, actually, through Wayne Dyer's teachings to say to, to say to myself, to feel it as well. I am love. Now, a lot of people might think, oh, that's really arrogant or vain or whatever. What? Absolutely. Absolutely not. If you walk around with light and love in your heart, what what are you going to do other than radiate light and love to other people? Right. But that mm-hmm. all stems from your thoughts, doesn't it? You have to mm-hmm. think that you have to believe it as well. So yeah, I just wanted to say how much Wayne Dyer means to me, really. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, I'd like to just stem into a little bit of your podcast. I know you just started a podcast and mm. I think you, you put out one episode, um, Healing Me podcast, right? Yeah, it's called the Healing Me podcast. Um, it's 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 a on the surface, it's quite a, a, a simple premise. I literally talk about some of the things that help to heal me. So an insight into some of the things that help to heal me. And 
with guests, I go into some of the things that help to heal them. And some of them may align with mine, some of them may not. That's absolutely fine. But the, the, premise, the premise and more importantly, the purpose is to give ideas to people to help to, to find things that help to heal them because healing is unique to us all. But life is about people. I firmly believe life is about people, right? So by sharing those conversations, hopefully people can learn new ways or, or, or of of healing or to think, ah, oh, someone else does that as well. And that's and that that shared that shared ground there is hopefully helpful as well. So it's almost like a gratitude list, really. And the first episode, like you said, I I um I published the other day. And um perhaps it's a bit of a rambling of like the 10 weird and wonderful things that have helped to heal me and yeah so it's in its infancy and i'm excited uh to get you on that podcast as well aaron because i'm interested in some of the yeah. things that help to heal you as well dude so yeah it's, awesome. it's yeah i'm looking infancy, forward to it but it's exciting yeah absolutely i can't yeah. wait to uh i can't wait to dive deep into some of the things that help to heal you yeah man yeah no that, that's a good one um first of all i just i love that like i i love the the healing me i love the purpose of it. it it's great you know there can't be too much of that in the world right mm. i absolutely absolutely and i just wanted to say as well if, if people are like if people are a bit uh skeptical for example uh not for example but people are a bit skeptical of our oh, healing isn't for me healing is for everybody man and like it, some of the things that i talk about on there aren't what you think yes i i, I firmly believe i've I'm going through a spiritual awakening, but some of the things on there are quite mainstream, I suppose, and quite uh, surprising. For example, I put like Monopoly Deal, like board games on there and Harry Potter, you know, but it's about connecting with films that make you feel good, that make you feel love. And, you know, the Monopoly Deal thing is a board game or a card game, which represents much more than that. It's about being in the moment with friends and being in a childlike state so there's a there are deep elements to the things that heal us so i'm just i'm i'm curious to know what helps to heal people as well not just not yeah. just the things that help to heal me and it might be something really small but it is extremely significant so sorry for um, that shameless plug there but uh, i just wanted to say that it may surprise you some of the things that i talk yeah. about <laughs> yeah no I, I i wanted to mention it because i know some people listening to this might be interested in just checking it out because like you said everybody is healing and it's not uh mm. you know healing isn't something you just do and it's like oh i'm healed like i'm just away i go it's like it's always a continuous thing you know we we face mm. difficulties every day or you know like all the time we're always going through struggle so there's always yeah. that thing and you know that that one like i mentioned before of like you know it all it takes is one thing to change the way you look at something yeah. And it's like if someone did like, oh, wow, like I never thought of it like that. I never thought maybe I should try that. And it's like, mm. oh, that's all it takes. That's all it takes sometimes. I love that, Aaron. Absolutely. I, f I firmly believe that healing is a journey rather than a destination because like, oh, I'm healed now. You're constantly evolving, constantly growing. Right. And I love that fact. Um, sorry, I love that point that you've said about it just takes that one thing. Right. So, for example, I include yoga meditation and cold showers right and people might think well that's not for me i haven't got the time to do that for example i do those things you know not for very long in my day but it's a huge knock-on effect so if one if one person can think well you know what i can meditate for a minute and it helps them that's amazing i think 
you're right. You are so right. It just takes these little, these little things that can be huge for, for somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I mean, I do all of those three things you just listed. Um, mm-hmm. I actually made an, ep- an episode on cold showers. That's something that I've done every day for, it's been over two years now anyway. And really, um, yeah. And that's one thing that actually I had a few people message me and be like, yeah, I tried it. Like I did it. Like, you know, it feels good, you know, like it, mm. it like stepping out of that comfort zone and just doing something different and like pushing those boundaries a little bit. So it's just, Absolutely. I just wanted to let you know that because like, you know, people are going to, are going to hear this stuff and they're going to be like, yeah, like maybe I will try that out. And you can, yeah, you can help people because it's all about helping people. Right. If you don't mind me asking that, how, how, um, how long do you spend in, uh, in cold water or how long do you cold showers? Mm-hmm. So I just take my normal warm shower, right? Mm. I do my thing, clean up, do whatever. The end of it is when I go to war with myself. That's when it, the <sighs> thoughts come up. Afraid. Even two years later, dude, two years later, every single time, I'm like, God damn it, I don't want that cold water. Like, I hate cold water so much. Yeah. But so what do I do? And it might be like lightweight compared to most people or maybe some mm. people are like, whoa. But like all I do is I just turn it cold and I let it like just beam off my chest and it's that instant shock of like shit 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 like oh god mm-hmm. I let that happen until I can like control my breathing to a point where I'm like in like a you know just a relaxed state and then yeah. once I'm at that point then I just take a step forward and I just let it just like douse over top of my head and I just mm-hmm. go for like 10 deep breaths same thing until just trying to get to a calm state and mm-hmm. if I can get to like 10 sometimes I go like like 10 to 15 seconds or breaths and I just just to get to the point of just okay you know this water is not controlling me like I can control my state and get down to this point and then once I'm there I turn it off and then I'm like oh god and then I just you know get all the the cold water off me but yeah yeah I, I for me it was just a start of you know I didn't do it for the health benefits I didn't do it for any of that it was just strictly just the discipline act of it of just doing Mm -hmm. something difficult of stepping out of that comfort zone every single day and i find just expanding that comfort zone yeah it just makes makes doing difficult things throughout the day just a little bit easier yeah i love i love that phrase by the way expanding that comfort zone isn't it and you know that that another great phrase that you use you, you go to war with yourself it's like voluntary induced stress right we become more resilient and I absolutely love it. Like I crave that feeling now. I only do it for like a minute every day, right? But after that minute, I feel so powerful and empowered. Empowered is a better word, actually, I think. I literally say I have like a mantra in my head once I go through that stress or after I've been to war with myself, right? After I've got through that difficult experience, I literally say something along the lines of like, I am big, I am brave, I'm beautiful, I am strong or something along those lines afterwards. Mm-hmm. Because you've got through that, you've gone through that involuntary stress. You think I can do this, and then every you know stress, you know potential stress in in your day, then just doesn't really touch the sides, does it? I don't know if that's experience that you have. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I uh, I I call it like the the shock factor, like you know that that feeling you get. Say, well, like if you were to go approach a a cute person or like a cute girl or whatever, for example, and like you. The initial mm. shock or like if you're going to like speak in public, that initial like wave mm. of anxiety and that, like that wave of fear 
and it's just yeah. it's for me like the cold shower is the same thing when that water hits you it's that initial like it's just a wave of like damn you know mm-hmm. and it's like just yeah. being able to to bring myself down to a controlled state faster it's like training myself to do that so like now if i was to go walking up to a cute girl i'm still going to be nervous and i'm still going to be like mm-hmm. damn but it's like you know what i'm just going to feel it for a second i'm just going to yeah drop it you know i'm not going to let that control me absolutely i think that's such a great articulation uh, <laughs> i completely agree basically i think that doing hard things is so good for us and you get better at doing those things it doesn't mean those things uh don't don't hurt for example you don't feel that anxiety but if i look back actually at you know my healing journey the last few years a couple of years in particular good things have happened when i put myself in difficult situations where you feel a bit of social anxiety for example but you get through the other side and i really great things have happened i've had really good experiences met really interesting people who i've really connected with but those things wouldn't have happened if i hadn't have put myself through that anxiety so it's like this positive anxiety where we push ourselves or rather i'll use your phrase aaron we expand our comfort zone and i think the cold shower is just a great way to train yourself for those things. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, and, you know, that's something I did Absolutely. mention at the start, actually. I was talking about my healing. Yeah. No, I, I totally a agree. Of, a lot of, so much of the healing is, is, is hard work, right? Is absolutely hard work. So I used to feel so socially anxious most people in my life mm-hmm. would say that's ridiculous um you, you're a really confident person yes and all this sort of stuff and i'm really people have like praised me on my small talk and all this sort of stuff but internally i was i was like i, I wanted to run i wanted to get out of that it was awful like i didn't want to be in those situations i felt horrendous uh, i just wanted it, all of that to stop but now i actively when i'm well rested i should say i actively seek out those those type of experiences because I know I can do it. And because I know, I, I, you know, on the other side, great things happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Go to that gig on your own. For example, uh, you're going to meet like-minded people. You're going to ha- watch that, uh, wonderful artist, for example, that, uh, yeah. that you really want to see what's going to stop you. The fear of what will people think of me? Uh, I'm going to speak to people I don't know. So what feel that pain, feel that anxiety anyway, and you'll love it. Or if you don't, you yeah. know, you're not going to die. I think a big thing for me is realizing that that anxiety is not going to kill you. And when you realize that you're not dead and you're awake and you're alive and you think I can do this. And the more you do that, the more you can experience and the more you can enjoy. So yeah, healing takes work and it, and it's hard (laughs) at times and it's painful, but it's so, so, so worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to, everything you just said especially about like the the you know people the same thing people will be like oh like you you're confident like you you come across so confident and so you make it look so easy and i'm like no like to me mm. inside it's it's terrifying you know even like you know in high school for example i was the quietest person because i i just didn't trust what i had to say and i just i that my internal dialogue was that I hated myself essentially. Like I, I didn't feel mm. confident at all, you know, and I've gotten a lot yeah. better with it, but it's still never, 
even right now, even talking on this podcast, like it's, it's still a sense of it there. And mm -hmm. another thing was like, like you said, doing the gig, uh, there was a phase where I was going to open mics a lot and just, uh, like performing as well. And like, mm. I'm not, a, I'm not a good singer, dude. Like I, I know that I'm not, but I just did it for that, that fear of just like, I know this is probably the scariest thing that I can do right now, mm -hmm. but I'm going to do it anyway, because like what is on the other, other side of that is mm. so much more valuable than what I'm gaining from just hiding. Oh, you know, I love that. From yeah. just hiding what you're gaining. Cause what do you gain by hiding? Right? Yeah. Literally nothing. You just, you stay the same, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And how did you feel yeah. after those, those open mic sessions? You know, the more oh, you did. So awesome. So awesome. And the, that's the thing. They got easier and easier and e easier mm. as I did it. Yeah. But like, I loved it. You know, I mean, while I'm up there, like I'm, I got beads of sweat dripping on my guitar and my fingers like don't want to work. And like, I'm like, you know, br breathing so shallow, like it's horrible in the moment, but like, you know, it's, it's so fun too. And then you like, you get done and people are like, wow, like you did it. And it's like, I could yeah. not do that, you know? And then they're like, <sighs> and then like, I get the, Oh, like, I wish I had that. I wish I could do that. And it's like, you can yeah, you know, <laughs> you can, you can, like, yeah. I, I didn't ever think that I could, man. Like I never even thought that I could play guitar until I went to college. And like just a few years ago, like I, my whole life, I believed that I was just like, so cursed with music mm. talent. Like I told everyone that like, I'm the least talented person you'd ever meet with music, but that's because I never tried. I never mm -hmm. put the time in to consistently try and do it. And yeah. anyways, yeah, that I I just gonna pick you up on a word there if you don't mind. Like you said, yeah, I, yeah. I believed you said it's like that's just a limiting belief, right? and that's all it is. It's a belief. It's not reality, you know. Mm -hmm. Now I imagine your belief is that you are a person who sings and plays the guitar, goes to open mics. Why? Because you do it, <laughs> right? So right. That's what you believe now, right? So you just changed that, right? Yeah, and I wanted to. I mean, I wanted to go down this road a little bit because I wanted to ask you you said you just mm. did a gig the other day first one in yeah. 11 years 11 years man Is yeah that, can you believe that wow a long yeah, time a long time comment yeah. on that like the emotions yeah. like what kind of absolutely to be honest I'm still, I'm still sort of reeling from that and sort of covering because it took me so much it took so much mental energy right and absolutely i don't regret it i think i think it was meant to happen but yeah essentially long long story short when i was younger when i was a teenager i used to play in bands used to gig quite regularly on the weekends and then like I suppose a lot of uh, teenage bands do we disbanded um but I continued I continued my music songwriting been songwriting for 10 years it feels so natural to me just like breathing I mean like if I didn't songwrite I obviously wouldn't die but I, I wouldn't feel comfortable to be honest I feel like I have to I have to always do it it feels so natural to me and I'm very grateful but I haven't gigged in about 10, 11 years. I've played to, to loved ones and my friends um, more so in, only in the last couple of years, actually. And my friends have been a huge part of my healing journey. And, you know, they're encouraging me to share to share my music as well. But this was a significant moment for me last, um, last Friday, a few days ago, because it was a gig in front of strangers, people I didn't know, right? And I knew 
I would be nervous because it's just I'm just out of practice, right? So when I'm playing on my own, I feel the songs. I think that music is medicine, and I love it, right? But it's a very different yeah. thing to actually go up on stage and play for people who don't know you. You get slightly more tense. You may you you might even feel more rigid, for example. But I knew that I had to go through. I knew I had to go through this experience because now I'm stepping out into the world as an artist, my more authentic self. For a long time. Sorry, this is a long answer, but for a long time, I was living a life where music was like a side thing for me. Like, oh, no, I'm going down like a stable career of, of, of being an academic. Like after my master's, I just did a PhD um, because I thought that was what I was meant to do because it's a stable career in academia, academia and all this sort of stuff. And then I'll just do music on the side. But through my healing journey and every day now, I get to know myself even more. I'm a musician. I'm a, I'm an artist. That's what that's what I do. I love to songwrite, right? And to do the to to be this person, you have to perform live because it's part of it. And so I thought, you know what? I've been through difficult stuff in terms of you know challenging or expanding the comfort zones, as you as you uh, so beautifully put it, Aaron. So I was like, let me do a gig. Yes, it's been eleven years. <laughs> yes, it's gonna be painful because i'm going to feel anxiety i'm going to feel nervousness right but you know what i need to do the first one because the rest will be easier they won't be easy but they will be easier because of learned experience of doing hard things not just in terms of music if you don't mind man i'm going to tell you a a story which has popped into my head which i think is a quite a key significant moment for me about yeah for sure about two years ago was a key shift in 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 my healing journey or my self-love journey or actually my realization of doing the importance of doing hard things to our for our uh benefit so i i'm so grateful for my close friendships and my lovely friends man and for years i got into a very comfortable space where i just want to spend time with them right and have um deep meaningful chats and i feel very comforted by them and as you can imagine man i find a lot of home in my friends especially after my parents have died right and i'm so grateful for them and i was down in cornwall with uh i was down there with my uh some of my best friends who i felt so comfortable with and there was this one occasion this one night where a couple of them they said to me i'll tell you what what we'll do we'll um we'll have some food we'll have some pizza we'll have some drinks and then we'll go to the pub and this sounds so simple right but we'll go to the pub and then we'll meet up with some other people um this sounds ridiculously simple right but the key point here is that i didn't know some of the people we were going to be joining now that caused me so much anxiety i was so used to just being wanting to be with my close friends who i knew i loved i was very comfortable i was basically seeking comfort that's what i'm trying to say and so the thought of having to make small talk or or having that anxiety or uh, of nervousness of what will other people think of me uh what will uh what will I be like? What what will what will they make of me? I don't want to go through that. I didn't want to put myself through that hardship. Even though loads of my friends know I'm very good at small talk, and actually, I I, I get so much energy from being in social situations. You know, um, I'm yeah, I'm an extrovert, so to speak, and so I'm good in those situations. But I felt so much pain in them. Anyway, I didn't want to go 
to the pub. I just wanted to stay with my with my comfort blanket on with my friends. Like, no, 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 don't push myself. <laughs> anyway, I ended up deciding that they were like, you know what? We can just go for one beer. I don't drink now, by the way. But anyway, some, we'll, we will just go for one beer. And if you don't like it, we can, you can come back. And that's so lovely, isn't it? That one of my friends said that to me. Anyway, long story short, I went to the pub, had more than one beer. I met wonderful people, had wonderful connections, had a really great night. And that was the start of me realizing that life really is about people and you can make new connections and new friends and have new experiences by doing things that we think or we believe are difficult and they may be dangerous and they may be scary because I felt so much nervousness and so much anxiety about meeting new people. But it was amazing. And everything just clicked together after that. And it made me realize that by doing that really difficult thing, by the way, it doesn't sound difficult, does it? What, going to the pub and just meeting a few people? To me at the time, it felt horrendous. It felt awful because I was shedding, I was letting go of this comfort blanket. And it was like this really scary world. But nothing bad happened. I taught myself that nothing bad happened. I didn't die. I had an amazing experience. I met lots of um, new people. And this is all a very long way of me saying that was the start of me realizing that doing hard things is difficult for me. So although, yes, 11 years is a long time not to do a gig, I knew that it would hurt, but I knew it would be okay and it will be the start of something yeah. great. So, yeah, yeah that, that moment going to the pub after, the, after, after that pizza is very yeah. symbolic for me. Yeah, that's so well put, man. Yeah, I like that. Um, I can relate because, like, I, you know, meeting new people for me is also very challenging uh you know a couple beers definitely helps um you, like i i myself you know i used to drink a lot um for that reason you know if i'm mm. going in a social situation the only reason i would drink was to make that easier you know that liquid courage or that liquid confidence yeah yeah because it just made it like it made it easy for me just to go and be able to open up and like be who I really wanted to already be, but mm -hmm. I didn't have the courage to be before when I was sober and just yeah. scared and hiding in my shell and not opening yeah. up. Do you know what I find interesting? By the way, there's no, there is no judgment on, um, on my behalf of people drinking whatsoever, but I just, that resonates with me because that liquid courage, that courage exists in you anyway. I think that, and I, I've, I've been teetotal now, so I don't drink alcohol since um, New Year's Eve 2021. So like a year, a year and a half. And I think not drinking actually encourages those difficult situation environment feelings and it encourages to deal with encourages us to deal with what encourages me to deal with my anxiety more and helps me push forward more. So I I, you know, I can't, I can't default back to like, oh, I just need a bit of uh, this liquid courage. Yeah. Okay. In those situations, I'm like, I have to, oh, like I feel it in my chest. Like, what is this anxiety that I'm feeling? It's okay. Experience it anyway. So I actually think mm -hmm. if you want to get better at doing difficult things, cutting out alcohol can really help you on that journey because it really makes you think and feel what you're feeling maybe it makes you think yeah. about what's going on rather and makes you feel what you're feeling and you just do it anyway you just do it anyway and by the way that's yeah. not a judgment for you drinking or anyone drinking i think that um 
you know, this it's, it's up to people. There's no judgment on my behalf, but just through my experience, not drinking has helped me do difficult things. Does that yeah. make sense? No, it makes complete sense. And I can relate. Um, I actually, this past weekend was, I did a no drinking thing I did for 10 weeks, no drinking, okay. no smoking and any of the such. Uh, and that was, you know, an experiment for me as well to be able to see like, what can I, you know, how can I handle these situations that, you know, everyone mm. around me is drinking and like, normally I'm the fool. That's the, the probably the most, you know, drunk or whatever, you know, like yeah. social and just fun. Like that was kind of like the identity that I had was just like the, yeah. the life of the party type of fun dude or whatever. And yeah. So like I went to a few social events or like small get togethers and not drinking manic. It was tough. It was like, yeah, like you mm -hmm. said, like I had to feel like, what is that? You know, yeah. like, and like I, all I wanted to do was just grab a glass of something or like a beer and it just make it, yeah. you know, just like put that away into the bottle. But yeah, yeah. But like stepping into that and just feeling that was so empowering, you know, and same thing, no judgment to anybody that that does drink like this past weekend i had a few um just socially or whatever and you know it was great but yeah like it was well needed just at least to know that i can go to a social situation and not yeah and, and know that i don't need it you know yeah absolutely and i completely agree that uh, agree with you there's no judgment here and uh, that's an important point to mention isn't it that just to know that you don't need it just to know mm -hmm. that you don't need it and you know you'd be fine with it so it's like a choice then of like okay i want to be because i want it rather than like oh I, I need to talk to this person so i need to actually <laughs> drink that i think mm -hmm. that's a recipe for disaster right um yeah. because you know there's an element of there's an element of hiding there um and actually what's fa fascinating like the occasions I've had in, I suppose, drinking settings, for example, you know, I'm talking about like stag do's or um, bachelor's do's or uh, weddings. I've had better times. I've had deeper conversations um, without drinking, right? And the next day is great really? for me as well. But I think it's important to mention that, that, you know, it's not just a quick like, okay, don't drink now. Everything's fine. Like, you still feel, you really feel that anxiety, um, it's to be raw and vulnerable, right? Vulnerability is hard, but it is so worth it and so healthy. Mm -hmm. So I think not drinking is embracing that vulnerability as well. Yeah, yeah. And just like you said, just being yourself and just getting over that fear, you know, like yeah, we're all just human at the end of the day, right? Like it's you're just having a human connection. You're just meeting someone. Like I like the phrase um, strangers are just friends that I haven't met yet. Mm, it's like great. that person you know that person seems so scared but it's like why are you so scared to go talk to that person or to do whatever you know like they're probably you know behind their skin and stuff and like if you could get mm -hmm. in their mind they're probably just as scared if not more scared than you so it's like just yes. to realize that you're both human you know just realize that and just yeah. it's like okay like i don't need to drink a 12 pack before going and like trying to put on a performance for this person or whatever yes absolutely i love that yeah like we're, mm -hmm. we're all we're all human right and i think it's a really important point you mentioned that is that they might be feeling that as well they might want you to talk to them you know you're not and again that's like a uh, you know a negative thought pattern or an unhelpful thought that we have is that like oh am i gonna annoy this person what are they gonna think of me so what man it's about i think 
because that might so what because it's not the truth right it's very very unlikely to be the truth i like to to make the distinction or make the switch to what can i offer now instead of thinking oh will i annoy this person by going up to them or what would they think of me it's like what can i offer what, what, what can i offer this person now i'd like to uh, you know like to meet them like to get to know what they're about i'd like to talk to them in this in this shared human experience that we're having and i you know none of this is easy none of this is easy but it's doable mm-hmm. yeah definitely i listened to one guy um mark singh he's all about like confidence and dating advice and such and he mm. talks about i mean i'm just saying like dating as an example yeah. kind of applies to all social situations but he says um like the, a lot of the anxiety and the stuff that you feel is because you feel like you're like you're trying to like get something out of it and like kind of like you said but he says like be like a go giver yeah. like go give good energy and instead of trying to re- receive and like that's what's kind of bringing on that anxiety yeah. for you that makes so much sense to me because otherwise if you're you're thinking i need this i i, I want this i need to receive something that's surely like a fear because you're 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 fearing loss of something and i know wayne dyer talks a lot about the difference between love and fear and living in love rather than fear because it's such a such a such a different change in your reality just to live in love rather than fear right and uh, as you were saying that i did think of um something that mo gauda uh says so Mo Gaudat is on a mission to to make people to make people happier. He suffered so much he suffered so much adversity in his life, and he says that happiness is events minus expectation. So mm-hmm. don't expect to get something from an event or 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 that sort of situation. Just go there and offer. And that's for me. That's so much lighter, such a lighter way of being. Mm-hmm. Um, does that make sense? Totally, one hundred percent. Yeah just to jump into things and just think hey this is this is me yeah nice to meet you l- 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 let's connect rather than <laughs> oh what can this person offer me or you know or what do they think of me am i good enough to be here or and by the way none of this is none of this comes easy to me it's just it's something i feel very passionate about practicing and it also just makes me feel better as well to be honest to live in that lightness rather than that fear and dread and that heaviness really Aaron. Mm-hmm. yeah i love that anyways man i want to kind of move into like maybe like just for you i guess you can only speak from like your own experience if somebody else is going through trauma or someone is like going through their own healing journey either they started or they're about to start or like what advice i guess would you give to that person just early on you know it's like i guess like speaking to like early you you know like yes in a few years ago like what would you say to that person oh such a good question isn't it and i think i'd probably say something similar to what i'd say to me now actually just might seem quite strange and it's just slow down (sighs) take a deep breath slow down stop putting so much pressure on yourself you don't need to fix everything straight away you need to realize that you are human this journey is long but it's beautiful and you need to just slow down and connect with yourself again 
I don't I, I obviously don't know people's individual circumstances, but my firm belief is that we are spiritual beings having a human experience, right? Mm-hmm. I agree, but we have an but we have a human experience, so we do need to look after ourselves. So, whatever way that is for you, do that. When I say slow down, I mean like do like a. I mean Matt Haig talks about having this life edit. So keep things really, really simple. Simplify your life. Eat good food. Get loads of quality sleep cut things out that aren't necessary if you have too many arrangements on stop all that stop doing things for other people look after yourself do something that makes you feel good watch a sitcom for example just do like the real basic things but slow down do Mm -hmm. like a life do a life edit simplify things if you feel like oh you know i'm i'm not uh physically active enough oh i'm eating too much i'm eating too much uh rubbish i'm not achieving enough in my life right first of all if you're thinking all those things it means that you want to change right for example which is a good thing which is as i know we've talked about a lot aaron is that you have to arrive at this place of intention and awareness and and be conscious about it that's great those are really great things but and i I'm t- this is advice to myself now as well okay do the basics. If you want to do more exercise, go for a walk. Don't run yet. Don't lift weights yet. Or if you want to lift weights, lift something uh, light, for example. If you want to eat better, just in, just add more plants, for example. Mm-hmm. Or remove one junk food meal that you eat in a week, eat in a week if you're eating loads. Uh, if you're not sleeping uh, well enough, just try and get a better night's sleep don't have to fix everything you don't have to become a marathon runner overnight you don't have to have the cleanest diet overnight you just do the bare minimum Mm. have a life edit keep things simple and just number one dude is just be gentle with yourself and a huge one as well is that i would as i advise anybody to go to talking therapy i think the world would be a far better place if everybody went to talking therapy i think everybody would benefit from it i don't think there's one person that would be like no 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 i well it depends actually you, need, you do actually need to click with um a counselor or a therapist you know so that may take a little bit of time don't expect you know you to click straight away the therapist but yeah so be gentle with yourself be kind with yourself slow down simplify things and just stop putting so much pressure on yourself really to be honest Mm -hmm. and just know that you're in this for the long haul it's not a quick fix yeah yeah because it is really it's about the journey right Mm -hmm. you know i like absolutely i like you know it's like life's not a race so you know if it was a race then like the only one winning is the first one dead you know what i mean like yeah it's not a race you know we're (laughs) here we're here we're here it's kind of like harsh to hear but like we're here right now, you know, it's always trying to get yeah. to that next thing, that next thing and like kicking yourself in the ass and going and going and going. But it's like, you know, yeah. you can only, you can only arrive right now. You know, you can't I love that. You, you can't win in the future, right? The future doesn't exist. You know, it's just a mental construct. Yeah, yeah. It's like, slow down, take it now. Breathe. And- <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. Cause I was just thinking as you were saying that, I was like, yeah, like, you you have to you have to live now so you know 
a healing journey. That's why it's a destination. Um, that's sorry. That's why it's a journey rather than a destination. It's because if you think I will do this when mm-hmm. or when things get better, that will happen when I will do this when or when 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 all of this stuff happens, you know, then I'll be happy. That is absolutely flawed. You need to be in be here now, mm-hmm. right? You do absolutely need to look yeah. after yourself in the present so you can be happier in the future rather than like oh no i yeah. do all this like hardship stuff now you know and struggle through and then i'll be happy no 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 no, no. like working happiness absolutely here right now yeah in this moment so i completely completely resonate with what you're saying yeah beautiful awesome yeah this this podcast is going great um i would like to soon start wrapping it up so i just wanted to ask you mm. one final question Yeston, what is the meaning of life such a deep one i know yeah what is the meaning of life and i'm gonna go with my gut here aaron and say people it's about people and love i you know i i thought that i'd be saying you know it's about connecting with your higher self and acknowledging your true self and of course i certainly do believe in that absolutely but if we were on this earth on our own i just don't think it would be very good i think that we have to develop a a great relationship with ourselves to be okay in our own company to be good in our own company and i'm learning that day by day but our life's just so much better with connection and people and when you have Mm. more love for yourself the more you can love other people so yeah yeah, i firmly believe the meaning of life is about people and connection there we go hopefully that's awesome that's my answer yeah preach dude that's sweet (laughs) um yeah, man. No, that was great. I love that. Um, so I'll have your information in the show notes, but if people wanted to reach out to you or just to find you, connect with you, anything, like how would mm-hmm. they do that? Yeah, oh, thank you very much for that. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, my username is yestin underscore at music. So the way you spell my name is I-E-S-T-Y-N. The way you pronounce it is like a yes and then a tin, like a yes and a tin can. So yeah, yes, in that underscore music. And then the podcast is the Healing Me podcast with Yestin. And you can find that on all good podcasts, websites and apps and all those, all that sort of good stuff. So yeah, yeah, at Yestin Music, underscore music rather on Instagram and the Healing Me podcast. And I just want to say as well, I haven't really mentioned gratitude on this podcast, but gratitude has played a huge role in my life and a loving, kind gratitude. And I'm very grateful for you, Aaron, for inviting me onto this podcast and for our very true and deep connection, brother. I really appreciate you. So yeah, I'm grateful for you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for being my my first ever podcast guest, uh, my 10th oh, no. episode. Can't believe I've been doing this for 10 weeks in a row now. Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm grateful for you too, dude. Thank you for coming on. And any final thoughts for the listeners before we wrap this up? Yeah, absolutely. So here's the key one, really. Just be kind to yourselves. Just be kind to yourselves. Slow things down and just embrace the now. Life is beautiful. And if you don't feel that life is beautiful right now, trust me, you will eventually. Just be gentle with yourself. Thank you, Aaron. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Loved it. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Yeston. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Now get out there and be your hero. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.